Uh, this is Eric Donovan, artist of Constantine, Mimetic, Cognetic, and Big Trouble, Little China, variant artist. I'm listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That sound, it's the sound that tells me it's going to get real. Oh, shit's popping off. I know. We got the show tonight. We got the NFL. I knew you guys were stoked. That has to me the most boring, what is it, three, four hours of television. No, it's much more than that. It's three or four hours tonight. Then we got four rounds tomorrow. Then we got four more rounds on Saturday, Sunday. It's just guys wearing hats telling everybody how thankful. And it's the update earth, right? Dynamically adjusting my projection for the season. Yeah, that's right. I would rather watch my 600 pound life. Than no, you really See, not. that's what I'm saying. Come on. I heard, uh, what's her name? I never watched the show, but the, the, the fat mom from, uh, Honey Boo Boo or whatever. I heard she's all, uh, hot. Yeah, we'll click on it. But is she hot? No. Oh, everybody's saying she's like transformed herself. No? The applicants are still there. Is it? Yeah. It, it, maybe if she got edumacated, then okay, but I mean, it's still... She, she is white trash, as I presume her to be? It's still the same woman in, in that body, so... Oh, who does see? Someone on, on the Facebook or Twitter got all upset about the term white trash. What? It, it exists. Yeah, saying that, like, basically saying that we can't be... Like, we can't be liberal progressives and then use the term white trash. It's pejorative. I don't know. Oh, you know, I know who it was. I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> blast, Jason, but, what artist were you talking about? It's like, what? No, no, it wasn't an artist. It was a fellow. No, podcast. I know. But I'm talking about that one post. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I, did, I didn't intentionally not name the artist because I didn't want to go there. And then, sure. Yeah, right? Right. If I wanted to say, I would have said, <laughs> my friend. I know. <laughs> I know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me tell you then. Just, just tell right. us right here. It's it's all private. We're just on Facebook. Sure. <laughs> no, no one's going to know. And this is anything but private. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 470, and I'm Vince B. Oof. You are Vince B, my brother. I've missed you so much. I am David A. Price. Uh, you are David A. Price, and you are Vince B. And I, too, missed Vince a lot this week, but we're all together now. And because of that, I'm going to sing you songs later because I am Darius Rucker. Aww. And you only want to be with us? I he, only want to be with you. He does. I love Darius Rucker. Love him. I like Darius Rucker more than I like Hootie and the Blowfish. No, his country album is fantastic. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I like she, Darius Rucker more than I liked Hootie and the Blowfish. I like both of Hootie and the Blowfish's songs, but the um, <laughs> the the skit that they, they did on Pete and Peel was sure. awesome. The who? The skit that uh, they did on Key and Peele, where they were like, yeah, we want Hootie. And he goes, no, my, my name's right. Darius, man. <laughs> He's not Hootie. <laughs> I definitely co-sign that, Jason. And you can be Darius Rucker if you want, but oh, I, would, nice. I would rather you be Jason Wood. All right, then. I will. Yeah. And you don't have to sing for your supper to get cheap comics. All you got to do is shimmy on over to Discount Comic Book Service. That's dcbservice.com. One more time for the people who aren't paying attention, dcbservice.com. And get all your comics for a fraction of the cover price. I'm going to reiterate the last list because it's getting close to the wire. But you could have reaped massive rewards 
on the Dark Horse Matt Wagner Grendel Tales Omnibus Trade Paperback Volume 1. It's a lot of words, a lot of comics, 450 plus pages for $12.49. Boom offered the Planet of the Apes hardcover archive volume one, which has a cover price of $49.99. You, because you're super smart and you go to DCBService.com, can have it for $24.99 and bring it up the rear, but only, not really, in our hearts, they're number one. Valiant Secret Weapons, number one. Three ninety nine cover price. Your price one dollar ninety nine cents. It's a trend. Fifty percent off. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions. You say, "Hey, I was out of my right mind when I was doing my order, and I forgot this book. Can you please add it?" And they're like, "Plunk, plunk, 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 plunk." It's on your order, my friend. Uh, it's I that did, easy. It is that easy. It is. I did that last weekend. I'm like, yo, uh, I'm ordering the second issue this month, and I realize I forgot to order the first issue last month. So can you uh, hook a brother up? And, it's a and that's a really that's that's an excellent example because first issues are often hard to do that with, yeah, because they sell out. So props. props but DCBService.com are there for you. They will add it to your order, no problems. Go there, save. That's the thing. That's the big word. S-A-V-E. You will save massive amounts of money on your comics. And what could be better? You know what you do? You take that stuff and you, you spread it around. You order more books. That's the thing. DCBService.com. Go there. Yes, sir. They're the, they're the best. They are, truly. I'm so relaxed. What's going on? I love it. Uh, you, I think it's the extra weed brownie you had right before we recorded. Yeah, you need to show up a half hour early more often. <laughs> it was fun. Dap and I what had did a you nice schoolgirls talk about. For oh, we were going on about a bunch of stuff. We're having yeah. fun. Nice. It was uh, it was my dap time. <laughs> yeah, you have me on Slack, Jason. Vince has me once a week in there. Oh, the, uh, um but we were talking about something that the three of us will will, will talk about in an upcoming week. I'll um I'll send you the issue, Jason. Okay, then. Yeah. Let's get this out of the way so we can talk about the comics. What are we drinking? Oh, I heard a can pop a little while ago, and I'd love to find out what flavor seltzer is coming out of that can. Oh, boy. You're asking Vince? No, he's asking you. (laughs) Well, smartass, I do have (laughs) seltzer here, but... (laughs) But... He did this on purpose. I also have a double-sized glass... Of Malbec. Calculated. Nice. Yes, it was calculated. So I'm going to drink the Malbec and wash it down with the seltzer. Nice. Well, I'm going to go now because I'm going to let you down a little bit. Oh. I am drinking Diet Right. Don't let me down. Yeah. Was the store at a tab? No, Diet Right Pure Zero. It's got zero calories, zero caffeine, which is not optimal. And zero sodium. Yeah, there's something about oh, okay. All right. I, I wish it had the caffeine because that's that's my jam. But it is your jam. I, know, I I need lots of caffeine. But um, am I a little horse? I sound like a little <clears throat> me 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 little horse here. Me 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 me. I'm, oh man. Uh, I am drinking something that I've been enjoying quite a bit lately uh, from. My pals over at Mato. This is uh, their backbone Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. 
from California. Nice. Any thank yous? Yes. Oh, you do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Uh, first, thank you to um, everybody who is it. See two we two for making us feel bad for not being there, but a huge thanks. Seriously, yeah, we to, should, uh, <laughs> let's dwell on that for a while. <laughs> I I haven't missed a con as much as I've missed this one, just because everybody seemed to have an awesome time. Did you not feel it? We were we seeing these Facebook yeah. posts going up, bam, 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 bam. Uh, Will Pfeiffer. He got to me. He did with this all oh, the con weekends in full swing with my buddy Zach and Ben. Yeah, and I'm like, damn you! Why am I not there? So, uh, it seemed like it was all right. No, <laughs> come on, man! Don't front. Everybody seemed to have, Daniel White with the massive postings, and it was just I was living it through him vicariously. And it's like, oh, I wish I was there. No, I'm with you. I I I'm totally as we talked about last week. Totally fine with the decision to. Forgo C2E2 for Heroes this year because I do I do feel desperate to get back to Heroes having missed it last year. But as always, when we get right up to the event that we're not attending, I start feeling silly in some kind of way about not going because it did seem like our whole crew was there just like last year, only yeah. without us this time having a ball. I just wanted to wrap my arms around uh Steven Wooter and and just everybody there. I just want to give them all big old hugs, but I couldn't because I wasn't there. Hillary, and, uh, Dave Jordan, <laughs> like, what's going on? They, yeah, what did he say? Up. That was a little fucked up. Um, I missed it. It's I okay, Hillary. I'll tell you when you're older. Um, <laughs> the uh, I do right. believe that, uh, <laughs> that that Stephen and Company's uh, Airbnb was around the corner from where we stayed at that loft next across the street from Wrigley. Um, oh, yeah. Because we were on that corner above the bar. Um, right. The, it, down that street, because we parked the car there one night, um, were, I, I think, like a bunch of brownstones. And I think that that is one of those homes, one of those boats is where uh, they hung their hat for the weekend. Okay. Can we go next year, please? Can we do Maybe. C2E? I wanna. We can if, if we we'll see what happens. If we do what we talk about doing and start getting some of those things in motion. You'll fund us. <laughs> we get the Jason fund me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh It's a me. thing. It's real. Dave, <laughs> All right. No. I'm, I'm sorry, David. Continue. It's okay. Um, huge thanks. <laughs> oh, there we go. To, to Shit. Vince's brother from another mother, Who Mr. That? Uh, Christopher Kaziski. What did he uh, do? He, he you mean, you mean Kazeki? Kazeki. Kazigaba. Hamana, hamana. CK. Uh, and the, uh, and the fine folks over at Friendly Neighborhood Comics, uh, in Massachusetts, Sasha Banks, did a store signing um, Friday before Good Friday, the Friday before Easter. So and, fine. Uh, she um, she signed a couple of books to me that they were kind enough to send, and they arrived uh, the other day. And I love the covers. What do they smell like? I mm-hmm. I didn't ask him for any special perks, um, so I, I don't I don't know. I, I guess I'll just have to. Um, 
smell Chris if I want to find out what she um when she where she stood next to him. That's but dangerous. It is. It is. It's very. But um. But no. So so thank you so so very much for that. Yeah, he's he's a good man. He is. We knew that though. All right, on to the comics. Everything I have for this week was fantastic. Wow, that's excellent to hear. Everything. Love it. Can I go first? Please. I love that you have to ask. Mm -hmm. That you want to ask. I have something by one of my all-time favorite horror artists. Ooh. Yes. Who is It is a strange... This is probably one of the strangest books I will talk about on this show. You mean ever? Yeah. Wow. Yes. You talked about some strange books. Yes. This is a very, very odd book. But when I tell you the name of the artist, you'll be like, all right. So it fits. Um, it is, it was written and drawn by horror maestro Junji Ito. He of That's my man. Uzumaki and Gyo and Tomie. Um, this thing is called Dissolving Classroom. Published by Vertical Comics. Of course. And it's a collection of short stories, all of which uh, focus on uh, a brother and sister. The the uh, older sibling is Yuma Azawa, and the he has a wacky sister named Chizumi. Mm-hmm. Yuma is a high school student who... Uh, with his younger sister in tow, tends to move around a lot. And you'll find out why. Uh, Yuma has a penchant for apologizing profusely. Mm-hmm. He apologizes for everything, um, especially the actions of his little sister, who can be described as a bit um, extreme. Uh, little Chizumi has developed a taste for liquefied human brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, you're probably thinking now, where and how would a preteen child be exposed to liquefied human brains? Right? They don't. You just don't encounter liquefied brains everywhere. It was mixed into some kind of food additive. No. Um, okay. So this is where their brother comes in. Yuma uh, doesn't apologize to those in earshot, um, just to. Apologize. Like he doesn't really care about the people he's apologizing to. He's really apologizing to the devil. Yuma is dedicated to Satan. And as a child, he tried to summon the devil one day in the forest, uh, killing a bunch of little animals. He's bashing. David would not like this section of the book. He smashes frogs and snakes and just little animals, just beat the crap out of them, all bloody. And he took the lives of these little animals to, in in reverence to Satan. And could it, it be Satan? And it worked. Um, he 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 summoned the devil, and so so when he when Yuma apologizes. He's really thinking of Satan in mind. But um, the act, the very act of apologizing riddles his body with extreme pleasure. Uh, and unfortunately for those around him, Yuma's act of apologizing turns the brains of those exposed 
to his apologize to Liquid. And, wow. and the brains stream out of their eyes and their oh. nose and their mouths and their ears. It is gruesome. It's very unpleasant. Um, and so you're asking like, okay, we got a high school age boy and his young sister. Where the hell's the parents? Like, what's going on? Well, there's conflicting information in this book. They're, they're dead and they're reduced to a pair of drippy heads. And they're stored in an altar in Yuma's temporary residence. Um, the parents are restless spirits. They show up in, in various forms over the course of the book. Um, in the first story, Dissolving Classroom, Yuma meets fellow student Keiko Arisu. And it's through her we learn a bit of the history of Yuma and Chizumi. Yuma obliterate small animals in the name of the devil. There's a, a good amount of conflicting information. Like I said, Yuma tells them that because he destroyed so many small animals as a child, his sister, Chizumi, has become possessed by the spirit of a dead snake. But if you ask Chizumi, and Kiko does, uh, she said that the killing of the animals was in the name of Satan, and he's been in Satan's thrall ever since. So yeah. he apologized to people when Chizumi was a baby, and their brains liquefied, and she lapped up the liquid brains and loved it. And so she's been addicted to liquid brains ever since. It's crazy. This is insane, right? <laughs> it, but this is... So, this is my tonic, man. It, mm -hmm. You know, I cannot describe how, I mean, it's really weird. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You you would think, so why does the act of apologizing liquefy people's brains? Like, how does that work? And Tizumi lets something out of the bag. Like, there's this energy that is transferred between Yuma and the devil that is so powerful when he... Like he apologizes for everything. He knocks a vase off a, off a table, and he is like supplicating himself between to everybody in earshot. And it's because that you know he loves the devil. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it's that energy that's transferred between his mind to the devil's that's really liquefying people's brains. You don't think about it too much because it kind of falls right, apart, right. you know. Um. So. You don't listen to Yuma when he starts apologizing. You just get out of the way. Your brains will melt and Chizumi will lick them up. But there's something else going on here. If you're a woman, and this is the second story, if you're a woman, you never, ever let Yuma praise you. He'll tell you you're beautiful. And in doing so, his words will cause your pristine beauty to dissolve. Like he gets a girlfriend. In the second story, he's like, oh, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And he's not praising the girl. He's praising the devil. Okay. The, the devil was the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And again, his words have a reaction. Their faces start to melt and become, become extremely ugly. Like there's one page in this thing, and I've saved it as an image that I will put up on our website, uh, 11oClockComics.com. He's got this girl. He tells her, you know, you're so beautiful. And he praises her to the point where her face is, it looks like she went about 
20 rounds with a prize fighter. Her eyes, oh, her eyes are down below her mouth. She's just this gloppy, oozing mess of disgusting. And she says, I'll never forget what he told me. I'm the most beautiful in the whole universe. And mm. she's, it's just, there's a, a level of disturbing that this thing ascend or descends to, right? That it's, that's the Junji Ito trademark. He takes these outlandish situations so out of the out of the realm of possibility, and you, it's just you want to squirm. You can't even mm. look at her. And people, there's people in the background. They're, they're they're watching her walk down the street, and they're just like, "What in the hell is going?" Like it's it's it shatters something in you. I, and that's like Uzumaki. It's just all about spirals. But the way he executed, like you've read Uzumaki, right? Yes. Pro- profoundly disturbing. That's what dissolving classroom is too. Um, so we have his his love for the devil and the it, the stories in here. It, there's the the third story is called dissolving apartment. I'm not going to get into it. Read it yourself. I, there, there's a whole component of this book that I don't want to reveal, but it it is just. It will shake the foundations of like everything you believe. That's how weird this book is. Chizumi falls in love with a boy and you don't want this girl to love you. You really don't. They store the liquefied bodies of everyone who have has dissolved uh, in Yuma's uh, presence. They store them in bottles. Mm. A- and the, the, the consciousness of these people are still alive in the bottles. What? Yeah. Yeah, they're trapped in bottles and they have them labeled. They they label the bottles with the people's names inside. And the bottles talk to each other and they intervene at some point in like the they they Chizumi's love interest is all trussed up. They they keep they're starving him in a room and all the bottles tip over and the corks pop out and all the liquefied remains of the people that he has you know, apologize to just ooze across the room and they're so greasy and disgusting that he's the boy is able to to free himself from his bonds and mm-hmm. and oh, it, it, this is like words fail. There's a component to this book that And it's you, one it's, it's a like done in one. one just unlike yeah. many manga, it's just one volume. It's a done in one. Yeah, and it's not uh-huh. it's not the size of Uzumaki. This thing is like maybe two hundred pages tops. And okay. and there are a couple of short stories at mm-hmm. at the end, but um the very, very last uh short that comes after everything's done the uh Yuma talks directly to the reader and he says, Hello I'm I'm Jiro. I the guy. I'm the the person who played Yuma in this uh, dissolving classroom. And you know, I'd want to th- I want to thank you for for being here. And you know, it, he 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 directly talks to the reader and he starts apologizing to the reader. It's it's crazy. It's nuts. Oh my god! <laughs> so, it's so you just want to take a shower after reading this thing. But there's other things involved as well. Um, so while this talk of the devil, right, 
one would expect the devil to eventually show himself, right? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not telling. Yeah. Re- okay. Read the damn book. Uh, I if I could give it if I had more than two hands, I would have every one of them with the thumbs up because this thing is amazing. But nice. it will give you very unpleasant dreams. If if you're if you're prone to dreaming uh, after you read this thing, this will haunt you because it's it just it's on another level. Uh, entirely. Sounds like a book I can't read uh, and then fall asleep on my back. No, no. If you like to see people um, just lose their corporeal form and dissolve into bubbling puddles of muck, the, and, and they laugh when it happens. They're la- Ugh, this page was nuts. They're laughing and their, their, their selves are just oozing out of their noses and they're laughing and they're smiling as it happens. Mm-hmm. It's just it's insane, but it's just another reason why I love Junji Ito so much. Like nobody does this kind of stuff, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But so what? It's it's just it's insane. You get the cover is not only embossed; it's got spot varnish on it as well. Oh, nice! Yeah, no holds barred. Everything, no expense spared on this thing. So and it's cheap. It's uh, twelve ninety five. So if you get it on the DCBService.com or you get it or in stock trades, you get yeah you get it on the Amazon. It's going to be a lot cheaper, and it is a worthy purchase. If if you like to be unsettled, get this, Mm -hmm. get this. It it will do the trick. Let me tell you. That was a that was a passionate recommendation. No, it's 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 fantastic. I love disturbing. So this is. Second nature to me, but if if you know if you like happy fun time, everything is is wonderful and it all comes out good in the end. Don't read this book. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't. Yep. A plus plus plus. Nice. That's my yeah. feedback. <laughs> Triple plus. Yeah. Nice. What y'all got? Uh well. Read a lot of stuff. Um, I'm gonna. I'll throw something out that I'm 99 percent sure neither of you read, nor do you have immediate plans to read, because I think you is a Marvel told book? me if you ordered it, and that is the newest graphic novel from Mr. Jeff Lemire. Oh, Roughneck. No, I did not read this. I have the two well, issues of Rose City to read, but I haven't read Roughneck. This is by, so it's interesting. This is a book. It's a book. In other words, it's, it's, uh, it's packaging is that of a regular book. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's bound as though it were a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a dust jacket and out. Let me pull the dust jacket up and see what we've got. Yeah. The, it's just a blue book, a blue regular, a, a dark blue bound book with the dust jacket being the, the, the only thing with illustration on it. Um, and it's by a publisher that I am previously not familiar with, so I don't know if they've done other comic work, and that is Gallery 13. Hmm. So, is that an imprint of Simon & Schuster? It may well be. Uh, I don't I don't hmm. see any indication on, on here other than Gallery 13, so I can't speak to that. But um, And it's priced like a book. It's $29.99. So, 
It's but a, yet when you when you open comic, it up, though, right? Yeah, when you open it up, it's a regular graphic novel. Every page is Lemire art. Wow. Uh, and and it's, so it's it's a it's a strange package in that regard. Um, in a lot of ways, this is Jeff going back to his roots. We have known Jeff since the beginning of his career, and he broke onto the scene with a trilogy of graphic novels collectively known as the Essex County Collection. Mm -hmm. And, well, I know you guys know this. I'm saying this for our audience who may not know. Right. And those were tales of uh, Essex County. I don't know if it's a a fictional county or a real county in Canada uh, about um, a young young boy and his experiences, uh, a comic fan. uh, But it also interwove living in a rural setting, a love of hockey, uh, certain themes that that have pervaded a lot of Jeff's work, and, and we saw a lot of those re-examined in Sweet Tooth, but Sweet Tooth was a much more fantastical story because it was about post-apocalyptic half-animal hybrids in that setting, so it was uh, much more uh, much more of a fantasy. But this is a story also set in rural Canada. Uh, this time it's about a gentleman named Derek Willette, who was... Uh, was an NHL, he was a player, a professional hockey player in the NHL for some time, but but he was an enforcer. So hockey's one of those. Uh, hockey's a strange sport. There there are actually players on the team whose sole job is essentially to be a brute, to to go around and hurt other other players. Uh, it's essentially the whole job. And so he was an enforcer, a, a very very tough player. And it's long since past his playing days. He is essentially. Uh, not a vagabond, but he's in this small town. He's lives in the utility closet of a local ice rink where he is the janitor. Uh, he spends most of his time there or at a local bar getting drunk. Uh, and he's very bitter about the way his life's turned out. And Jeff examines the life of this guy who is essentially in a very self-destructive path. He gets in fights all the time. Very, very violent. Uh, and we see flashbacks of when he was a kid and his father was abusive and his, and, and he was an alcoholic and made him feel awful about himself. And uh, his life's going down the tubes pretty quickly, frankly, after a series of assaults when his sister appears. And it's, it's his sister's name is Beth. And she hasn't, he hasn't seen her since, she, since he left to go play hockey while she was a young teenager. And by the time he got back home, she had left. Uh, she had become a runaway. So he hadn't seen her. And having to, in essence, rescue her from her own situation, which I won't give away, it it for a bit pulls him out of the the downward spiral he's his own life is in because he's now got something to focus on. But it's a very tragic story because, unfortunately... While Derek tries very hard to do what's right for his sister, uh, he's still a very broken person with uh, a lot of demons and has a great, greatly difficult time getting past those demons, even when well-intended. So it's a dark story. It's ex- it's, it's a depressing story. Uh, it's a love story. Uh, <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's really is a story about the love that Derek has for his sister. And in his mind, he's willing to do anything for her. But in the most tragic of ways, uh, not a lot. He, his his choices are illogical. They're 
heartbreaking. Uh, but but you see enough of his backstory and their backstory is when they were kids and, and what happened to their mother and their father that you understand why Derek makes these choices. It feels very real that the character that we come to know through the book would make these choices as the book goes on, mm-hmm. even though as rational observers of the story, we understand the choices he's making are awful choices. So there's a pull quote on the, on the inside cover that says, I was never really a hockey player. I was just a thug. At least now I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not. And that pretty much sums up Derek and the book. Uh, it's, it's, this is a book that could easily be a small play on off Broadway with three or four people on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very quiet book in that regard. There's only a few characters that have speaking parts, if you will. There's, there's Derek, there's his sister, there's the local sheriff's deputy who has a soft spot for Derek tries to keep him out of trouble, even though Derek makes it very difficult on himself or on him to do that. There's the gentleman who, who owns the, the hockey rink. There is an antagonist who is Beth's ex or current boyfriend, depending on your perspective. Uh, and then really everything else is flashbacks, uh, or non-speaking parts. So it's an interesting book. It's, it's a truly indie book by an, uh, a, a relatively unknown publisher. I, I'm not even sure that this was solicited in previews, actually. I, I didn't order it, so... Right, I, I think know, this was, I saw it. I, I got it off Amazon. Uh-huh. So I, I don't... Uh, if, if it was in previews, I, mean, I never saw it in previews, um, which is possible because it is a different type of publisher, so it could be it could have been stuck in the back there. But you would think a publisher trying to break into comics with Jeff at the helm would have made a big deal. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where, where whether it was solicitor or not. That's neither here nor there. You can certainly get it any myriad places online. I highly, highly recommend it. I'm a, an unabashed fan of, of, of next to everything Jeff's ever done. And as I said, in a lot of ways, this is going back to his roots of exploring the themes of family and rural Canada and hockey. So it's it's certainly not analogous to the tone of an Essex County, but it's it is definitely closer to that circle of influence than he's done in oh I don't know ten years, ten plus years. I don't know how old Essex County is at this point, but. But um, but uh, it, it was great to get back to that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I would I would say that this book is is right up there for me with Essex County with um, Underwater Welder. It's 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 an exceptional book. The packaging is great, and I I highly recommend everybody reads it so that uh, we could discuss it further at uh, some other date. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in just for a second and and put my bib on because I'm going to eat a little bit of crow. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, when Jason's right, he's absolutely oh, right. Oh, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. I have to say that you were absolutely correct in your assessment of uh, Monsters Unleashed number one. Yeah. Now, now, now. <laughs> The only no, nah, I was going to get oh, there. What? No, but see, you said that, and and yes, that that has no bearing on the actual story. When right. you say you loved everything you read this week, I did love it. I thought it was right. fantastic. But ninety nine point nine percent of that issue was masterful. It, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, the 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 thing that uh, the title itself mm-hmm. reach, reaches back 
to 10-year-old me and just, you know, tussles my hair and says, Monsters Unleashed, you are in a good spot, my man. This is everything you love about comics. Um, written by Cullen Bunn, illustrated, masterfully illustrated by David Baldion, color art by Marcio Menes. Um, but as David alluded, there was that 0.1% that I think was a major blunder on, mm-hmm. the, on their part. And it's purely in the construction of the book. It has nothing to do with the narrative or the characters or anything with that. The font that they used to introduce each of these characters who, if you are a first-time reader and you're picking up this book, you got to know the names of these characters. You have to put a, a face to the name and then you're going to proceed. They use this font to introduce all the characters and it is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> I, I had to go over it like two and three times. Because when you have a, a name like Slizik and Aegis and right. Makara and the font is not instantly decipherable, you got a problem, mm-hmm. you know? Um mm-hmm. And I, is this an R? Is this an A? Is this a K? Like, what the hell's going on with this font? And mm-hmm. it, it was it was a, a, a speed bump, right, David? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't a showstopper, but it definitely slowed it down enough where I'm like, well, now I gotta just. I mean, I'm glad it all happened early enough where you know it's very easy to pick up where you left off. But it um, and it was pretty much the first thing I was I was going to tease Jason all week. Um, but our week kind of started off not on a great foot, so I didn't really want to. But I was just going to tease him and leave it with the fact that I, I despise that font. And it's horrible. As if that was going to color my, my my entire reaction to the issue. But um, I I did as soon as um, I finished it. And, and Vince commented on it first. But uh, I, I the art is absolutely fantastic. Oh, I love the so I, I love the co- I love the Adam's cover. But I I love how it's. It's laid out differently than some of the other. Like, it, you, you'll never know what the hell the name of the book is if it's on a spinner rack because the, yeah. the title is on the bottom. I love sure. that. It, it's very movie poster esque, but so uh, beautiful. Like, it looks great. You, because and it's so great that the title's down on the bottom because you're not covering any of the monsters. No. Everybody gets their own time to shine. The design it's, it's of these, the creature design is amazing in this book. Really dope. Yeah, oh, right. so nice. You, 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 if you, if you have a penchant for giant. Mecca, it's here with Aegis. This this scrag, how he is this giant insect like creature who lapses. He, st- he speaks so funny. No, he it's, he it's, lapses it's into Stan Lee speak. Right, you know, it's so funny. tremble, old fools, at Scrag's insatiable mm-hmm. hunger to settle conflict peacefully. Like <laughs> it, it's funny, you know. And got it, I got to hand it to Colin Bunn. If your first villain is called Animax. Again, you are tickling a sweet spot. And what's interesting is that this is the second time in a handful of months where Animax shows up as the villain, the protagonist in the first issue of a new series because she also shows up in the uh, in the Iron Man book where Ironheart oh, first really? comes to uh, Oh, is that right? Play. Yeah, she was in there too for a few panels. Okay. I love all the designs of these monsters, but Makara is my favorite. There's just something really special about that design. Mm-hmm. It's not played out. It's new. It's old. It, yeah. it, it, and the fact that she's female makes it even better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But oh, I'm so, I, so I, I was thinking, 
I I read the entirety of the Monsters Unleashed miniseries, mm-hmm. and I think the problem with that was there was too much of the Marvel Universe bleeding into the story. Right. Like Thor and Spider-Man. Like we had all these Marvel Universe characters traipsing around. In this volume two first issue, it's just Kid Kaiju um, and Elsa Bloodstone and these new Kaiju. It's, it, yeah, I can overlook Herbie because it's just an annoyance. <laughs> but But there's really no other part aside from S.H.I.E.L.D., of the Marvel Universe bleeding into this thing. The, the, these characters take the book. They, it, it's showcasing the new, which I, I, I love. I don't want to see Spider-Man in this. As much as I love Spider-Man, I don't want to see him in this. So just let Kid Kaiju carry this book himself with, mm-hmm. with the new supporting cast. It just worked. It, it took everything that I didn't like about the, the miniseries and dispensed with it. It's a, a, a complete win. I, I didn't read the miniseries, and the fact that uh, it, it's I, they're kind of making this family, these characters, pretty much self-contained because it's like, listen, Shield is just your watchdogs. We're 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 hanging out in the back. We're not just because Shield is here doesn't right. mean in a third issue that Captain America and and Captain Marvel are going to show up. It's just it's right. That's the connection as far as I'm concerned to the Marvel universe, but uh and 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 you're bringing in damage control. It it's there's Which is awesome. That is. No, it absolutely. That, is. I, I was a question I had like it says Gloria Clark damage control when they when she pops up the first time and I was thinking were they describing what she's doing, or is that actual actually damage no, control? I'm pretty sure that's the organization she works for. Awesome, works awesome. for. So yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Godzilla series Marvel published, where you had, you know, Dugan. I have no doubt that Colin is using that as inspiration. Yeah, no, you had there was a tiny component of the Marvel universe in it, mm-hmm. but it was largely you know this the, its own thing. Well, that's what I want this to be. I don't want. And I don't want the Avengers to show up in issue three or it, let these characters have their spotlight. And so I far, I mean, one issue, it played perfectly. Yeah. So we have the villainy of the Mole Man. Perfect. <laughs> right? Yes. And and the Intelligentsia pops up at the end. It's everything, I see. Everything I Jason it. said. Yeah. It's a new Intelligentsia, which I love. Right. And I'm wondering if, if Awesome Andy is going to be the the Achilles heel. Because the last time we saw Andy, he was not – he was he was on the side of good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if he's working with all these bastards, that and, and the design for Mr. Sinister is complete win. He's, you love he's it. He's all Vlad. He's, he's Dracula. I love, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this I is, love that you love it, though. No, this is great stuff. I'm, and I'm hope, hopefully this will be a, a hardcover when they collect yeah. it. And, mm-hmm. and it's, Probably – I'm guessing not just just because Marvel has been doing a lot more trades of this stuff than hardcovers. Yeah. Only the main the main characters seem to be getting hardcovers. Yeah. It's just plain smart. Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah. Her, oh, I love Elsa her daddy. So much. You know, daddy did it. She does it. Yeah. And her taking on all those vamps. Ah, oh, that was so great. The no uh, doubt. Yeah. The art is. It's not. It's a little bit. I'm gonna say. 
cartoonier then, but it, a lot of it reminds me of uh, Stefano Caselli from the uh, the Initiative days and, and the, mm-hmm. the yeah. Avengers days. There's some things in the faces there that yeah. remind me of that. But overall, um, it's it's not like it's a clone. It's just when I see the eyes, when I see the faces. Uh, and, and I love the fact that uh, that guy is just chilling, drawing up some uh, Kirby-esque monsters. It, it's it really... It, it's. It was a nice, I'm not going to say diversion, but just something, something different when, when there are so many other books, superhero or otherwise, that, that we can be reading that are, um, kind of heavy and, and just, uh, mired in, in, in history and other things going on. This is kind of like a breath of fresh air. But there's a danger to a series like this. Um, thatched? No, your creative team has to be pound in full force. Yes. You, you can't throw a fill-in artist on this book. It's got it's got to be top-notch. Like Baldion is great for it. When when the uh the Leviathan is attacking the the ship, that panel's amazing. Like all the kaiju are amazing. If you get somebody to fill in on this that isn't isn't of the level of Baldion, it's there's going to be a problem. Your visuals have to be top notch on this book. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And who knows? Uh, it, this is not a book. Uh, there's there's very little chance that this book goes on for a long time. It's, yeah, it doesn't fit the profile of something that's going to have a long shelf life. So hopefully, right. this is the kind of thing that we hope that Cullen has two arcs to play with maybe right yeah. this feels like a 12 issue type of a, of a yeah, yeah so hopefully he has two arcs and he can tell those stories and they're fun and Baldion is able to stick around for the bulk of it if not all of it and and we can reminisce about this as one of those those little pockets of Marvel right. goodness amidst a time when they're maybe at their nade or otherwise yeah I'd be overjoyed with 12 issues of this mm-hmm. as is don't change yeah. like I don't want any new coke yeah. just give me this that's right. And thank That's you. right. Thank you, Jason, for uh, any shoving, shoving any time my bro, my Yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> David, you know it. Yes, Vince. Take the mic. Oh man, um, check yourself. There's a. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Jason mentioned that he he was. Reading some, uh, well, I'm not going to say the title of the book because I'll, I'll say that for you, Jason. But it, you, you were reading something that reminded me of um, things from back in the day. So I dug out. Um, I was actually looking for my special edition um, Goodwin Simonson Manhunter with the the gold embossed. Uh, Prestige format copy. I couldn't find that, so I dug out these uh, these seven eight issues of a um, of a, oh my god! It's it's a huge event happening at, at DC uh, in nineteen ninety two ish. Maybe not even. May, I, I may be off on the date, but um, I read reread. Green Lantern 100 through 106. And there's a reason why I read 
these issues, or I bought these issues way back when, after after not being happy, uh, what happened with issue 50 um, mm-hmm. a few years prior. That was because with issue 100, it was the team-up you never expected, where Ron Mars, Daryl Banks, and Terry Austin brought Hal Jordan back. And it's always been Hal. It's always been Hal. And this is the younger version. This is, this is a Hal Jordan who, who's been a member of the Corps for a short period of time. This is about 10 years. Um, th- this Hal is about 10 years before Kyle became, uh, Green Lantern. So there are a lot of things that, that Hal has done, would do that, uh, this Hal isn't even, doesn't even, isn't even aware of, uh, doesn't know that he's going to do. So, so this is after Parallax. This is after Final Night. This is after Hal sacrifices himself. Um, so leading up to this, there was a story that I, I didn't read where Kyle was in the future and, uh, with the Legion of Superheroes and he gets thrown back into the past, but they overshoot and he ends up, um, where Hal is Green Lantern and, and there's a whole core and a whole guardian, which obviously doesn't exist when Kyle is Green Lantern because Hal destroyed it all. So there's a whole, there's a little bit of, of hero worship and, um, amazement. And, uh, at the end of issue 100 could have been a nice little standalone anniversary issue where they, they team up. And then at the end, Kyle gets sent back home. Um, and that's it. But because in issue 100 they're fighting Sinestro, uh, Sinestro kind of gets the upper hand, uh, after he's captured and he ends up sending Hal into the future or into his future and into Kyle's present. So now Hal shows up in the present with Kyle and they're trying to figure out if Kyle, if Hal's going to be able to get back home. Um, Kyle takes Hal to Coast City uh, to see that um, it's basically not the way Hal remembers it. Uh, he sees the statue that was made of him. Um, he proceeds to destroy it, and and he gets all all pissy. And um, he uh, he eventually calms down. And what's 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 nice is that. Um, Issues 101 through 106, uh, are pretty much alternated, uh, the art duties are alternated between, um, Jeff Johnson and Bob Wyacek and, uh, Paul Pelletier and Terry Austin. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, the art is absolutely Kicking. gorgeous throughout. Um, my major issue is the, uh, Uh-oh. Is, is the lettering. The word balloons are huge. The letter, it, it, the word balloons take up a lot of the panel. And I don't know if this was, um. Definitely John, not John Workman. No, it was, it's, it's actually, uh, Eliopoulos. It's, it's, it's Chris Eliopoulos. So that was, um, that was a little surprising. Um, but, uh, guy introduces, reintroduces Hal to his friends, brings him over to, uh, the warrior bar and, and meets Guy and John Stewart, um, a younger Alan Scott at this time. And, uh, Hal decides to go to Ferris aircraft to see if, uh, because he's trying to decide if, if, if he has to, 
reserve himself to the fact that he's going to be living here now, um, which will mean that all the things that he had done uh, will not come to pass. And, of course, that, that makes Kyle worry because if, if Hal never goes to batshit insane and never destroys the core, then, then Kyle never gets the ring. Kyle never becomes Green Lantern. So there's a whole little time travel paradoxy type thing going on. So Hal goes to see Carol and uh, because it's still not insulting at all, pie face. And they, uh, they, 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 um, they welcome him with open arms. But while he's talking to them, who attacks, but, uh, none other than that longtime Green Lantern foe, Calabac. And he, um, never, he, he, it, what's, see, apparently something happened earlier in this Green Lantern run where, um, Calabac was made to look a fool. So he's going to get revenge on a completely different Green Lantern and, and make himself worthy in his father's eyes. Um, that really doesn't go according to plan. And the next issue, Kyle brings Hal up to the Watchtower to meet the uh, to meet the Justice League. And at the time, the Justice League consists of the Flash, who would be Wally, uh, Zoriel, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman, Huntress, Steel, the Martian Manhunter, Plastic Man, Barda. And Orion. Uh, so it really was the premier edition of the Justice League at the time. And they invite Hal to stay. And it was at this issue that I realized why I never really clicked with Kyle. Because if you thought the Silver Surfer wines, you need to read some Kyle Rayner comics. My man throws mm. such a, because first of all, Wally's getting in his ass, because he says, oh, well, maybe, you know, if if, if we're going to keep Hal around, maybe, you know, we'll just call you, like, Lantern Jr. Or, or Kid Lantern. How about Lil Greeny? You know, we'll just, we'll, we'll keep you around as, as, like, the team mascot, and and Kyle ain't having it, and um, he just leaves in a huff, and then he um, he, he goes to, uh, he goes back home, and, and there's a fire, and he just tries to save the day, and makes a little bit of a mess um, in that Spider-Man kind of of way where you, you think you're doing great things, but sometimes things get a little out of hand. Um, but that night Batman visits Kyle and we find out it's Batman. It was Batman's idea to have Hal join or rejoin the league. So this way they can keep an eye on him because Batman doesn't trust Hal, even though this is Hal 10 years prior to don't blame him. Of course you don't. So we have, uh, after that issue, we have a crossover because nothing, nothing screams a six part storyline, uh, great fun than throwing another series into it where the story kicks off with Green Arrow number 136, which is of course Connor Hawk Green Arrow, uh, and that, that story concludes in Green Lantern. Number 104. My problem with the Green Arrow story is that I don't think I've ever read a Chuck Dixon story that I've really, really liked. And yeah. this, this is, and, and so now what I have to do is I'm, I'm going to have to go and reread some 90s era Punisher comics to see if, if maybe there are just certain characters that, that, that maybe doesn't click under 
Chuck's pen. But in any case, he has Hal, who again, this is not the Hal with the gray temples that became Parallax. This is a much younger Hal. He's calling Connor son. He's just like, oh, hold on now, son. It's like, dude, how, I, I don't know how old Chuck thought this character was, but it was completely out of place with the rest of what Ron Mars was doing. Um, Connor explains to Hal that, you know, Ollie's my dad and, and Ollie's dead. And, and that was basically when they, that was Hal finding out that somebody who would become his, one of his best friends is dead. So it wasn't really broke to him easily. Um, so Hal and Ollie go on an adventure. Um, and like I said, that, that ends in the issue of Green Lantern. And then that's when Parallax shows up to kind of end the, um, the fun, this, this little event. Uh, but yeah, the fun. And, um, because Parallax actually, re- there's a disturbance in the forest and he comes back to this time because he knows that Hal cannot be in the present because if Hal is here, then Parallax never will be. And, and this is actually before Parallax knows that, um, he's going to sacrifice himself and that he'll eventually perish. Um, but it was, uh, and, and Hal gets sent back and, and everything is, is fine and dandy and, um, things go on from there. But it was, it was pretty much the last time I read a Green Lantern comic until, uh, hell, maybe until Rebirth. Um, but it was, uh, for issue 100, of course, I bought the, the, the Hal variant cover. There were two covers. There was a Hal and a Kyle. Um, and actually they had a, um, the 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 version that I have has two covers, one stapled over the other, and and so the the Hal one is, is the top, and then there's a nice little our story thus far on the inside cover. But it was a um, I, I, again, I don't know really. I listen. I I th- everybody has that character that that they. Especially with legacy characters and, and, and that's, you know, that, that's why, that's why there are Kyle Rayner fans because, oh, that was the Green Lantern I read when I got into comics and, and that's the, or just like John Stewart is because, you know, I was watching the Justice League cartoon and that was my gateway and that's why John Stewart is my Green Lantern. I get it all. I absolutely get it. And, and I'm sure it depends on also, um, for most people, maybe your age and, and why certain characters click. Um, I'm sure there are, People, Miles Morales is their Spidey, and that's that's great. I have no problem with with any of that, but there are just for whatever reason there are just certain ticks, personality traits. There, there, there's just something about Kyle that I I just am not, uh, I guess, in touch with, keyed in on. I I, I don't know what it is. It, it's not the fact. I mean, it, we're well beyond the fact that, and and the point where. You know, somebody else took over for Hal Jordan. There just, there's so many. He is so behind the eight ball with me. It's, it's not even funny. But the, the mothership is coming to take you away. <laughs> I just, I, I don't. I, I like Kyle, but you read Omega Men, right? Yes, yeah, and, and that's I, a and great just, Kyle Rayner story. Yes, it is, yeah, it is. It is. That is. That's you know. It, it 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 took a lot, and maybe that that's another thing is that like it, it's because. Mars is the one who wrote the character initially, and and that's um, 
No, so, so maybe that's still where, whereas Tom isn't really, he has, he has no connection to Emerald Twilight and, and, and to any of that earlier Kyle stuff. So I was, I was reading something. I was reading an Omega Men. You know, he, he, I was hoping I was reading an Omega Men story that just happened to also be a really good Kyle Rayner story. It's the the best Kyle Rayner story. I think you're probably right. I, I, yeah, yeah. But come on, you can't front that one scene. I think it was in when, when Kyle becomes the White Lantern and the, the one ring comes and it says, Kyle Rayner of Earth, you have been chosen. And he's like, okay. And he takes the one ring and then the, another ring comes, Kyle Rayner of Earth, you have been chosen. And all the friggin' rings come. Like he's, he has the ring, the rings of every color. That's a great scene. That, it's just, it's an, it's an amazing Kyle Rayner moment. You, you can't front on that. That's a great, great scene. I think John's wrote that, didn't he? Was it, if it hates that scene. Was it Blackest Night? I think or it was, was it Blackest the, Night. Yeah, when he, the whole White Lantern thing, when all the rings converge. Oh, the White Lantern, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, when he first gets the green ring. No, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Right. When, uh, when he gets all the damn rings. That is just a Right, right. Ring. No, that was cool too. Yeah. That so whole, uh, there, there are pockets it, of, of Rainer greatness. It's just that they The multicolored, like um, Guardian, uh, no, sorry, the multicolored, uh, lanterns got played out. At least yes. for, it just got overdone. But, uh, bit, but w- when it was first introduced, it was super dope. Yeah. It was. It absolutely was. I mean, that whole Sinestro Corps war and, oh, then, and then it just spiraled yeah. out from there. That was, that they, they were pretty much untouchable and unstoppable. And well, I, they, I, they were untouchable. That's why DC kept the continuity when they did the new 52. They, they left Green Lantern and Batman untouched because they were working. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. though, it was just when, New Fifty Two started is you're not it, it's it's very hard for me to feel anything for a character who you know like the first page of his comic he's asking his ex girlfriend for like a car loan and shit it's like that's not oh, how, how that is this so supposed much. to be like, I bounced oh, I bounced <laughs> with that I said I'm out issue done um, you're right you know so it's 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 very there are. I think we all have those characters where, you know, you, you're going to give the creative team, you're going to give the writer the benefit of the doubt. All right. You know, I, I, this is my guy. This is my character. You're going to woo me. And, and, um, but if they, if, if they fumbled, it's very hard for me to go along with certain characters and say, it's all right, it's going to get better with with the third issue. Right, it's, I, I hear it. you, brother. That's that's the one thing keeping me away from Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a, and you would expect more from Slot. It it's just a fundamental sea change in the character we know and love of Peter Parker to be successful. You know, for so long, for so long, and right? So and, and and everybody has said, "Oh, it'll all come crashing down around him." Yes. And it's true, it, it it will. But I'm not going to ride it out. I'm just going to wait till the dust settles and they fix it and get back in. And that's the same thing with Hal in that first issue, like you said. That's just not Hal Jordan. I mean, it's not. It's not like he's not Jaime. He's not Blue Beetle. He's not like asking mom. It's like it's like this is this is the person who this was the you know the greatest Green Lantern and the, and and the paragon of the core and and this is the guy that everybody looked up to and and you know you until he killed everybody. 
Right. But <laughs> you, know, you just still have, I mean, there's, there's certain, you can't, it's, it's very, that, that wasn't, you know, hat in hand and, and being all that just, I'm not. Right. It didn't work. I mean, it, it's, it's not that everybody's going to, and, and again, that, that's another reason why I'm sure so many people were receptive to Kyle because listen, Kyle is, Kyle is rigid AF. The dude is super strict. He's a cop. Yes. He's a cop. He is a space cop. Yep. He's by the book, by the rules, and he doesn't stray from that. And, and which is why his pairing with, with Ollie was so fantastic. And under Denny and, and Neil's, and and it just, I understand that people can't connect. There's absolutely nothing. He's not. He's not the life of the party. He's not witty. He, he's just. He is. He's. He's. I don't want to read about my dad. I don't want to yeah. read about dad's friends. I just. I. I. I want to read a comic that I'm going to enjoy. It's. it's sure, sure. But I also. I like the. Claremont era, Scott Summers, and he's very similar to Hal, where it's just like the dude. Could you be more fucking stiff? And it's like it's, <laughs> but I get I get my fun and nuts from you know, Spidey. Yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, so there are there's room for everything, but I absolutely get why people would be like, yo, I, I can't. I'm not. I'm not feeling Hal. So when you introduce a Green Lantern who is a person of color or is who, who who's a a cat who's half Puerto Rican, and you know, I mean, you get you you get somebody that's like, all right, now, now this is finally somebody I can relate to, and yes, it, Wait, it's Kyle's Puerto Rican. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they uh, they they. It, I, I don't really know if he was introduced that way or if it was more of a retcon. Okay, but uh, but they added the the minority mix to him, and they okay. um there was um. Oh damn! I lost it now. But there, there, I, 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 I totally get why. Um, and and like Julian pointed out, you know, when when Kyle uses his ring, that that's another. Thing. It helps when you have an illustrator who's a ring slinger because he's able to create some crazy, outrageous shit with the ring. Whereas with with Hal, if he had laces to the boxing glove, then that's that's yeah. that's a little bit too Big excessive. Hammer. So. Uh, right, you know, there's an actual broom instead of, you know, something a little funky, but, um, you know, Mars breathing life into the character. The Banks artwork was, was solid. Um, uh, I'm glad people had a Green Lantern that they could enjoy. Um, and it's one of those things where it's, it's, you know, it's, we all have our, our jumping off points and, you know, okay, I've, I've read it and I was, and, but, it wasn't so much it was a Green Lantern comic I was reading and enjoying. It was because it was it was Hal until they fucked them up. But this was a fun little um, – it, it was, you know, I mean, for them to actually say, you know, here's somebody you never thought you'd see again. Here's Hal. And, and as Green Lantern, not as Parallax, not as the Spectre, this is – here's here's Green Lantern. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back for that. What the hell? So um, it was – I just wanted to see if – because I don't think I've read it since – it initially came out, so the fact that um, I was trying to see if if history um, how it uh, it was rose colored glasses, or if it was as good as I remembered, or, or as much fun. Um, but there were some things, and yeah, there, there were some moments where I didn't um, I didn't throw it down in disgust. It was just 
there's certain certain things here and there which just like, a little, little cringeworthy. Yeah, it's the nineties. Funny. Let's talk about it. Wasn't it, mm-hmm. it's? It, I'm sorry. It, it's like it, it's. I was there. Yes, there were some. There were some absolute gems, some fantastic stories in the nineties, but um, but it, it, it's it may be stereotypical to, to to make fun to knock nineties comics, but there there is some truth in, in the fact that there were some not so good comics in the nineties. Right. But let's talk about something about which we can all gush. Because I think we've all, all right. Let's do it. I think we've all read this. Um, I I tell you the names involved, and you're going to get it right off the bat. Jim Mm -hmm. Jim Rugg and uh, and and Brian Maruka, the uh, Street Angel After School Kung Fu Special by Image Comics. By well, yeah, by Image Comics. Well, no, you say, well, yeah, but that's very important, as we well, discussed in my interview with Jim on our website. Look at that. Jim grew up, like us, he's our age, he grew up a unapologetic fan of the 90s Image Comics, uh, which some may be surprised by, because Jim is a super artistic indie creator, and some would view the 90s Image Comics as a far-flung uh, in opposition to that, but but he genuinely loves that stuff, and so for him to have a book at Image is a dream come true for him. So. Yes, yes. The thing that captivated me the most of this um, one shot was the um, the journal pages, the lead-in. Pages. I knew it. <laughs> and and I was telling that when we were. Making lovey dovey. Having your little alone time. Yeah. That if these are not digital manipulations of things that Jim has drawn over a period of time, if he created these pages from scratch, there has to be some digital manipulation here with the, the texture and the, 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 the stains and everything. But if he has done these, if they exist in this form as physical pages, the dude is a consummate master. Well, um, well, we already know he's the consummate master. Well, uh, right, a, but a master. If they are digital manipulations, he it, I, it wouldn't be a letdown to me because I already know he's very, very good. But like I'm saying, if if the pen parts and all of the little scribbles and the stick figures and the the stains, if that exists. As a physical piece, then I'm, I mean, the, the level of control in these pages is astounding. And it's, it belies the, the point because they're not meant to be, they're, 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 they're akin to sketchbook pages where there's just a bunch of different drawings all over the place and, and pen and red pen and scribbles and just someone musing about things and drawing at the same time. It's just like part of it's busy work, but all together, like the compositions are amazing. And it just seems so natural that I'm I'm hoping that they're single pieces because I would be just like, I'm already in awe of Jim Rugg, but mm-hmm. these pages are just he, uh, the icing he, on the cake, man. He does a breakdown in the back matter. I didn't, re- I didn't have time to read that for the show. He, um, he he talks about his tools. Um, 
and how he does the uh, he does the roughest does the rough sketches draws on um, 11 by 17 printer paper uh, then he usually when, when when the rough page drawing is ready I use the light box to create the final drawing of the page artwork for the comic books God, artwork for comic books and graphic novels is often drawn on larger than it's printed in the book the facing page uh, usually oh okay the facing page shows the actual shows the artwork in actual size um, I usually draw the word balloons and uh, but then he does he takes the drawings and letterings and combines everything in uh, Photoshop where color is done on a separate layer okay he's still great <laughs> <laughs> but this this was great. This was an amazing, and you get a little Fletcher Hanks in there. Yes, yeah, uh, that was a nice touch. But it's a it's a a looser style than we're used to for Mister Rugg. In in the sequentials, don't well, don't don't you think? Well, only, yeah, yes, but this remember though he's been doing Street Angel comics in this way for. For years now, mm-hmm. yeah, don't equate loose with bad. I mean, I'm not implying. No, that no, at I'm all. saying I, I guess the style isn't new in the sense that that this he's been drawing these comics for years on on his website. Is what right, I'm saying. Right. But but yes, a different a different style to your point than say previous aphrodisiac. Right, previous Street right. Angel books. That's true. Yeah, it's it was fleeting. For, for those that don't know because we're assuming that street angel is a character created by Jim and Brian Maruka. She is, her name is Jesse and she is a high school student, skateboarder, homeless girl who also happens to be an amazing world-class ninja. Yes. So that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. And this story is most of her adventures have been fantastical fighting monsters Ninja clans, demons, supervillains, but this is much closer to to real life per se in the sense that she is challenged to a duel from a new young punk boy at her high school. So it's a high school battle. Yeah. Meet me out in the back for a fight type of situation. And it's an amazing work. He's an incredible cartoonist. He he is. He is. And to his strength, he has a – the man's taste is unparalleled because all of the color work, the colors are all flat. Correct. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't give me any digital blends or, <laughs> you know, Photoshop manipulations. There's – in the, the, the speed lines, there's, there's a little bit of Photoshop trickery going on in one or two panels – or splashes, but it's it's at a bare minimum. Most of the colors are flat, and uh, that just there. The, you need to have a confidence to work in flat color. Um, the palette that he has chosen for this book is amazing. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this book. Same, same. Yeah. The the fight scene, which I know he was a bit nervous about, is about half the book. Yeah. And that's by design, but it's 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 an ex, it's a super extended fight scene, uh, and it's so creative. I mean, that one page where she's punching him, mm-hmm. and it's a yellow page, mm-hmm. and then her fist is is negative space. It's also just yellow. Yep. 
and then in, and then where where her her skin and everything would be is just the word crack. Yep. And and it, it it's uh, it probably doesn't come across in speaking about it as much as seeing no, it. But no, but the, the the lettering is not labored at all. It's, no. It's just uh just he just wrote. He, he drew crack. The 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 A is a little bit bigger than the rest of the letters. It's just it's it's an impromptu. Boom! Get it get it down. It doesn't it doesn't have to be perfect. But in its lack of perfection, it becomes perfect to me. But because of that, and and because of that boom, and it, it, that's wabi sabi. But re, re, Jace is basically saying that it, it's because of the outline of of where her fist would be. And where it actually is on the double page spread just shows you the force of the punch and, mm-hmm. and how it's affected him. Um, yep. yeah, the, the, the fights in the double page spreads with on, on the preceding two pages where, where they're going, uh, kind of feeling each other out and then getting ready to, to grapple. There's a, um, it's, it was a fun, I'm gonna say fun, but it, it was a, uh, is an entertaining, fight scene it, and it was the earlier pages of the issue all lead up to it and and um i thought it was a lot of uh i liked it a lot it, it was it it is a fun issue i think and it surprises i mean i knew you liked it but there's not a whole lot of inking going on here it's it's his pencils that are that are colored in a lot of these panels like you see the the you can see the mark making in like there's the, the blacks are not solid they're right but they're, they're but the lines are also thin they're not it, they're, there's not he's not he's not doing this mark farmer or or tom palmer esque kind of feel to the line work it's just no. it, it's it it's very they're, they're thin deliberate lines just it's and instead of instead of making the line thicker he kind of goes again and again so like three or four lines yeah. is going to give you the, the depth and that's that's fine plus it's also that this is this is his and, and Brian's work so I'm not I, I'm not going to bring the hammer down about oh my god where are the inks it's it's just there's it's a labor of love I, I think that uh, that the work they put on the page comes across so I'm not I'm, I'm not going to read it any sort of right and and i've seen what he can do with a plain old fucking big pen yeah, and, i know and right? so ball i'm point, not ballpoint pen he can he can you know he can keep the ink for the loose leaf paper and and the spiral notebooks and, and if he wants to go pencils on this then i have no problem with that but, yeah it doesn't need inks no no right. it's the, the, the marks are dark enough yes and and deliciously so where they're not dark enough when they overlap and um, bump up against each other and you can see a little bit of variation in the marks and you get a uh, a real sense of how he put those down and it's just the texture and the it, it, this book is just dripping with confidence he knows he's good. I know. We all know he's good. Just for sure. He, he's, yeah. he's very confident. Oh, man. Uh, and one of the things that we've all always loved about him is he's so eclectic. I know. He is fascinated by He's always looking for new inspiration. He loves using different mediums. Uh, he's just an ex- a truly experimental guy. And uh, it's 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 impressive stuff. Yep. You know, he, he 
he said he's been getting out when we talked, he said he's been getting all the inspiration from phone, phone picture books now and phone comics. Like he, he said he's been doing a lot of thinking and work with the idea that, that picture books, like children's books are, are equivalent to comics, but they not are. perceived that way. They are. And trying to do something along those lines of making a physical representation of the analogous nature of those two things. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a force. We'll see him at Heroes and can't wait to shake his hand. But for those that uh, haven't picked this up, please do pick it up. We, we were one of our earliest indications that our show had some influence in the world was our gushing of aphrodisiac and then meeting Jim and him saying how many people bought the book because they heard about it on our show. So if we can replicate even a small fraction of that for him on the street angel after school Kung Fu special, it would be the awesome sauce. Um, if you have understanding comics and Cerebus and Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns on your shelf. If you, if you um, consider yourself a connoisseur of comics and you don't have Jim Rugg on yourself, there's a problem. It's true. Yep. Aphrodisiac remains one of my favorite comics of all time. It's true. So big ups to Rugg. It's good. And wish him all well. He's He's about to run his first marathon. That's right. God bless him. I knew that because I read the interview. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. Got to dig. Oh, <laughs> Y'all want to push the button? We can... Uh, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. say team on, uh, on something else. Mm-hmm. They, uh, part two, part one was last week, kicking off in Batman. Number 21, the button part one. This is the button part two in the Flash number 21, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Howard Porter, uh, Hi-Fi does your color, Steve Wands is your letterer. Um, the, 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 uh, you have the, the standard, I guess, US only version, because apparently there's a problem in the UK with the happy face button. Uh, the right, there's face. a copyright issue. Yes. That's uh, nuts. So, so yeah, so, so the cover that, we saw on Batman last week did not make it into the UK. They have to, which is why there's pretty much three covers with this because the international cover is by, uh, the amazingly talented, uh, Mikhail Janine. And that is, um, I like the cover that, uh, Mikhail did this time around with, uh, with, with the, the reflecting blood of our characters. But, um, and in a, could we talk about the button? For a second, the button itself. Yeah, the button it still has blood on it after all these years. I don't. Know, I don't understand the copyright issue. The smiley face button with the blood stain. No, just the smiley face itself. Just that. No, I, have a nice day, face. No, I understand. But the, if, okay. if you're talking copyright issues, the smiley face button with the blood is not oh, the smiley face button. It is a completely, oh, well, it is saying. a different graphic entity. So saying that, mm-hmm. oh, there's a copyright on the smiley face. Well, this is not the smiley face. It's, and, it's and been altered. Is, it's been altered by two British dudes. So I mean, it's like, I don't, that there are, I guess, some. I'm sure I, there's I a gray it's, area. It's a gray but, yeah. So, uh, and then the, uh, oh, the main cover is by, um, Mr. Jason Fabak and the, the Howard Porter variant cover as well. Um, gorgeous. 
but yeah, it's all, it's, it's a, um, I, I enjoyed the hell at, just like last week, the issue kicked off with, uh, Saturn Girl. Uh, <laughs> this time we get some, uh, Sinister Johnny Thunder yes. screaming, pleading for Say You to return, um, to, to, to not, uh, forsake him. Anyway, we pick up seconds, moments, after, uh, it, it's a little while, cause Bruce got bandaged up, uh, after the first part where Reverse Flash and Batman had, uh, their little fight. Well, not much of a fight. It was one-sided, but Flash is playing forensics scientist and, uh, he's, he's going over the crime scene and, um. He ain't playing. He's not. He's not. No. And he's taking, he's taking a, a, a very slight moment to, uh, to pause and, and to, um, let mom know that, uh, there may not necessarily be justice that's been served, but, uh, Barry can rest a little easier now. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope this sticks. As far as reverse flash. Enough. Oh. enough. Oh, meaning that he's dead? Yeah. It's so hard to buy that. Number one, it's comics. Number two, he's a time traveler, right? Yeah. So I, I know, but I would like to see him taken off the board for at least mm-hmm. a year. Until the next reboot? Stop. <laughs> so, uh, Flash goes upstairs to talk to Bruce. They're, uh, they, they have some great conversations. There are apparent, you know, as, as much as I like back in the day, you know, Batman and, and Superman were basically two sides of the same coin. Um, there, there are certain things that, that, that click with, with other friends, with, with other coworkers. Um, and the fact that, uh, Bruce and Barry can talk about, you know, evidence and, and forensic sciences. Uh, well, everybody else's eyes are, are, are glassing over is, it, I, I like that. I, I like that there's a connection there because it, I really don't, even in all the years reading the old Justice League books, it's not like when, when I, when I think about, you know, Green Lantern and Green Arrow or Green Lantern and Flash, um, you know, Elongated Man and Flash, Batman and Flash really were, were, were never the, the palsy Good time dudes that, that, that I'd like to think of them as. They, they, they were never really portrayed that way. Um, so there's some nice moments there and, and Flash is like, listen, I'm gonna go see where this leads. You rest up. You got the shit kicked out of you. So you just, you, you, I'll be back. And, um, and we get an awesome, awesome sight because Flash goes to the watchtower. Yeah. And Vince and I were gushing about this panel for at least 10 minutes. The mm-hmm. eye, the eye candy and the Easter eggs in this book are off it the, should be a off full the page. charts. Off the charts. <laughs> it should really be a full page. Cause I saw the beetle ship and I was like, Oh my God. And then David goes, keep looking. And you see the, the dial H for hero mechanism. You see Skeet. destiny's book. There, yeah, we were assuming that it's Skeets. Um, there's a Martian. Oh mi- shit, that's Lobo's chain and hook right in the front. Yeah, 
I didn't see that before. I thought that was the chain. Now that you mentioned, I thought that was the chain to the book, but it's not. That's Lobo's chain, right? There's uh, Doctor Fate's helmet. Um, there's Wonder Woman's shield in there. There's a Green Lantern battery. If you look, and the, what's that bomb? That could that could yeah, be a fat boy. That's, that's interesting. Um, it's an amazing panel. So, so Barry basically uh, regrets not um, keeping the button here on the mm-hmm. watchtower uh, because now the button's gone. Once, once Reverse Flash disappeared with it, and he came back after seeing God with a capital G, he the, the button didn't return with him. So the button's lost, for lack of a better term. Um, but uh, Barry. Has a little bit of a flashback when he's talking to Wally, uh, or thinking about when he had a talk with Wally. And then he, um, he reveals something that, uh, he hasn't used too often recently. And it's the return of the cosmic treadmill. Thank God. Which is what uh, he's going to use to follow the button's radiation and hopefully, uh, reclaim it. Um, now, I Uh-oh. thought it was strange that <sighs> you got a beaten up Batman, yep. barely walk, and then he jumps on the treadmill too, and I know he had the bat tether, but I don't know, it seemed very odd to me. It seemed like Batman would have flown off the thing in two does seconds. It, no, does it seem speed- more odd than riding an airplane? No, it's not. It's the speed force bleeding off Barry that envelops Bruce too. It's like it's like when when you're yeah not drafting behind no, a pickup. There's no way that a human being, even though he is Batman, could ever approximate the speed that at which Barry. No, I, Barry I agree. So why is he on the? It doesn't make it just doesn't make force. sense. That speed force. Don't, I don't it buy, just buy wraps it. Or, wraps its hands around him and says, "Okay, Bruce, you're coming too." That's what happened. Don't like it, but that's fine. I'll defer to you, you long-term DC folks. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. David, look in the in the panel when they're on the treadmill in the back. Yes. Ooh. Uh, Who is yeah, it? You got you have well which which one when they that red and when, white suit. Oh yes 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 yes. Oh my it's god. A little, it's a little red rocket seven. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, but when you get to the the next page once they get running. Um, there are the uh, there's there's the um, the formation of the Justice League mm-hmm. and, and different versions of Justice Leagues that uh, and one of my favorite scenes from the issue a reenactment of the first issue of Christ on Infinite Earths when Flash appeared before Batman telling him that uh, that shit's about to happen so there as I. <laughs> <laughs> Flash is uh, is is honing in on the. Um, he, he's tracking everything. He's there's a um, there's they're running away um, from a storm or, or trying to avoid a, a time storm, and uh, they run. Flash runs so fast that. Um, the treadmill basically just 
blows up. It, 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 it falls apart. They, they both hold on to the treadmill and after a, um, a blinding bright flash of light, they crash in a cave that Batman says he would know anywhere. Yep. Uh, because he remembers being down, um, in the cave. His father found him and he's wondering if maybe they went back in time because it looks, the room is set up, the cave is set up. It resembles, uh, the way Bruce had his initial setup, um, before the Cape and the Cal, but when he started his war, um, but there's one, one item he notices that uh, doesn't seem quite right, and that is the gun that was used to kill his parents. But it's not really what happened with this particular gun. Yeah, um, no spoilers. No, I'll, um, I won't go any further than that. But I like this. Uh, I like this issue a lot. Um, no, this is one for the ages. This storyline, knock on wood, first really? two wow. fir- first two chapters, fantastic. Hmm. What? No, I, I think this is a, an example of of you have to care about the nostalgia and the history of these characters. Oh, I sure, care. sure, yeah, yeah. No, I mean because I, I I got so much less out of this issue than you guys did. I'm glad to hear your your passion for it because I I. Every I could tell that all these beats, particularly the last page, were these giant reveals, but they meant nothing to me. Well, you're young. I'm not young. No, not <laughs> but it would be it, it would be as if somebody who was a diehard DC head, and then Jason was gushing about Avengers Forever, and he's like, "Oh my god!" But did you see that part? And it's like, "Yeah, I don't." It, that's just another. That, that's a cowboy. I don't know who the fuck's doing that. Yeah, like yeah, you're it's, right. Right. I absolutely right. get it. It's, it's so yes, you mm-hmm. have to. There has to be some some connection there to really get get it to, to knock on your ass. And this isn't like this isn't Marvel Wolfman writing this. This isn't you know O'Neill or Thomas. This is this is Williamson and King writing this story. So so they they have to have some familiarity with the uh, the source material. It's not like we're just reading these characters. That uh, it's not just the New Fifty Two story because of the the Easter eggs and, and the scenes that we've seen, especially in this issue, um, there are uh, threads from many, many years gone by. Now, like the lettering in Monsters Unleashed, there was something in this issue that annoyed the I agree. loving hell out of me mm-hmm. with every single Preach. page. Uh, I, unless, now, I'm way behind on The Flash, I read the first arc and, and then I just let it build up. So I came back for, for this storyline, but can someone please explain to me why <laughs> there's lightning just flittering about Flash's costume every second, every, even when he's just standing still talking to Bruce. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't get it. It's not like he's running. He's not moving. I don't, I, I get it. You know, it's the speed. But everybody's hair be standing on its end too. And- that, that, but see that, I don't think it's electricity or static electricity, but it's what, if he's just standing here in a suit, does, does he no longer have a secret identity? What happens when he's just Barry Allen? Where, where does the lightning go then? I, it, it just, it's, it's just, it's, it's noise. It's, it's unnecessary. It's, it's the, 
the special effects noodling that um, annoyed me with certain books in the nineties. It's just, I, it's unnecessary and it, it, it tracks from heavier moments. Like, like when he's, when he's standing over Thorne's body and it's like, and, 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 and he's thinking about his mom and I'm too busy worrying about, you know, what, why is all this lightning flashing about? It's just, it's, it, it, it's irksome to me. It is. It's the same thing to me as the green lantern symbol. Oh. That, that you hate to, how, how it projects. Oh, the, the one that projects. Oh, oh it's yeah. so dumb, so dumb. But you're right. Like if Barry's standing still, why is all this crackle going on around him? And and if it's yeah, crackle lacking. Yeah, and if it, what does he do in civilian life? Is, exactly. Oh, this is just Where's you know, I, I attract I attract lightning. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And and because of the, the the tweaks that Jim Lee and everybody made when the Fifty Two started, and and everybody has that that needless piping and oh the and piping extra kills lines me. in yeah. their outfits. It's like so now this just adds more to. I don't. I just. I, I'm. I don't. I don't see. It's not practical. I. I just. I don't see the 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 use for it really. And it, um, it doesn't happen to Wally. Well, but Wally. see now, and 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 I think. I think that's because Barry is keyed in on the Speed Force differently than anyone else. Because I don't know if it happens to this universe's Wally. I don't know if it happens to that kid Flash. And don't forget, this Barry is from the... I mean, this Wally, the our Wally, Teen Titans Wally, is the Wally from the pre-Flashpoint. Right. So it would also be... So, so, so they, they have... That's why I'm not so worried about it not... Being around Wally because it's it, it's different, but I don't I don't know why it exists at all. Right, it's it is cumbersome, and it's you're right. It's, it's it, I don't understand it, but it visually does it add anything to the costume? No, I think it detracts. Yes, yeah, but I got it. I mean, if we're gonna dig a little bit, I got a praise as well. I think. Howard Porter has been in boss mode for years. His his work on Justice League 3000 is exquisite. Yeah, he This that. is I love that book. This is more of the same. I think Porter is a monster. His he, this man's talent is amazing. And it's it's on oh, you're right. other than the lightning bolts it, the book does look really nice. It's oh, gorgeous. It's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And yes. the you, you know you think about all of the easter eggs in this thing and just the the sequentials are fantastic. It's We were um Jason when when the the scene where Barry is talking to Bruce when when Bruce is recovering upstairs and you look at the um the floor or the carpet Vince and I were figuring out if if Shaken had done that pattern <laughs> and how it would just like be the exact same direction in in every panel. Oh yeah, following it, it just I yeah. mean, but the fact that he he took the time to I mean, there, there's detail in the headboard. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing lazy about this issue. It is a gorgeous looking issue. No, the level no. of detail, as you were saying in the. In the trophy room, in the bat cave, it's it's truly remarkable. Yeah. yeah, there is no waste. There's no burn here. There's no wasted space. No, no empty backgrounds. 
This and, from Mario. And you know that this is going to be a hardcover. They're gonna. I, they're gonna <laughs> publish it. I love the hardcover. This, this probably this probably will be hardcover. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but it's gonna that. piss so many people off because they're gonna be like, "But I don't read Batman regularly, and now I gotta buy this this trade for this story if I want to keep my my Flash collection intact." Um, which silly. since we're not spoiling something, I was gonna ask you guys a question. I'll just ask you when we stop recording because okay. I can't ask you without spoiling the thing you don't want to spoil. So. True. True. Um. But yeah, no, it's a. Um, if I mean, if well, actually, I can have have the, have the two people in question ever met before in the comics? Oh, oh wait, okay. and you mean like ever? Well, I mean ever after what happened that created the thing in the first place. Uh no. Okay, yeah, I don't think so. So, so it's more I mean, significant it's, than I realized. Okay, yeah, and it's and it's. I mean, except for maybe like any hokey. In Elseworlds or something. 60s Silver Age story, but, uh, no. No, yeah, it's not, it's not, oh, I was just gonna do an analogy that would have given it away, so, um, but yeah, if, uh, if you read, obviously if you read the first part, you're going, I'm just gonna go out on limb and say that you're going to read the second part. If you're reading it, you know what we're talking about. If, if you're not, um, you're silly, but it's a. Uh, <laughs> you are silly. It's, I yeah. The, I mean, the the, the the collars are amazing, but the fact that um, that there's, it, it's not, it's not just a crossover. It's not just you know, hey, here are these two characters that are just going to get together. I mean, yes, it it's there's the connection to to rebirth that happened. Hey, about a fucking year ago. Uh, then, um, well, because remember, I thought it was like August last week. It's actually May. Uh, there's, there's, there's the connection to what they started a year ago. Uh, but there are other little extras that someone like me is absolutely, uh, enamored with. It's why I enjoy reading comics so much is, is when I get little things that happen in this issue. Yep. I will say though that they better go full force with this. They just can't, I don't want it just a tip. If they're going to tease mm-hmm. this uh, Alan Moore's seminal work being interwoven with the DC universe, you got to give it to us all. You can't just tickle. If if um, Doctor Manhattan is the 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 we're assuming the force behind all this, you got to play it out, all or nothing. I think I agree with you, but what do you mean by play it out? I don't want anything but the characters from Watchmen to be inserted into. Like I don't want emissaries of Dr. Manhattan like I don't give me you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse so do you mean thing. Well, you mean Dr. Manhattan versus the Justice League Dr. Manhattan versus everyone if he has this level okay. of power and we and you know reveal Oz to be Ozymandias I need the Watchmen characters in this storyline I don't want Cypher's or, you know, stand-ins for other characters. This needs to be done with the characters from Watchmen. At some point. 
And it better not be a Wolverine thing where it's like five years <laughs> and, you know, or God knows how long. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're using the button, have the, 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 the confidence to just say, yeah, this is it. This is Watchmen in the DC universe. Boom. Don't tickle. <laughs> don't, 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 don't tickle, don't lick. Don't tickle the pickle. No. It's I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is Dr. Man- Manhattan behind all of it. Who else has the power to do something like that? Seriously, yeah. It's fairly obvious, but we've been fooled but before. But that could be why, yeah, right. That, that yeah. could be the, the slight right. hand. Yep. I love this storyline. I think it's great. So far, so good. Yeah. All right, all right. It's all right. So, Vince, who's drawing? I, I'm way behind. The the, bag, the issues are still bagged from DCBS. Um, who's drawing Scooby Apocalypse? The last ones I read, I'm not current. The last okay. ones I read were Porter and Eaglesham. Eaglesham, okay. Yeah. Eaglesham. That's, okay. He is not a sloppy second. No, no, <laughs> no, no, he isn't. He isn't. Eaglesham, Johns and Eaglesham on Justice Society, definitely one of my favorite. Oh yeah, modern yeah. DC runs since we've been doing the show. Eaglesham on Fantastic Four was gravy. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong like, with that. True, yeah, true. Crazy. Reed was a little stocky, but that was because he was going for that Bushima look. So I, I have no problem with that. I'm with that. I thought I thought Reed was a little off off character model, but oh boy, maybe he <laughs> realizes that he has the best woman in existence, and he better. Yes, he's got to he, bulk up. Bulk up, Reed. A keeper. Namer's looking honest, fine. Though, Reed could satisfy her in ways no other man could. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're going to go there, sure. I'm saying though, that's maybe quite I a power to have. Wish I had that power. That's what I'm saying. I'd have a Susie. All right, everybody. So let's uh, remind them, the listeners, who sponsored this whole thing. It's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Remember, this is probably the last time you're going to hear these. Um, from Dark Horse, Matt Wagner's Grendel Tales Omnibus, Volume 1, 1249. Planet of the Apes Hardcover, Volume 1 from Boom, 24.99. And from Valiant Secret Weapons, Number 1, $1.99. All of those are discounted 50% off. There is not a comic book store in existence other than DCBService.com that's going to give you this kind of, these kinds of discounts. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. In your travels, I mentioned this last week, and I wanted to talk about it. It was by far the best thing I read all week. You're saving it for in your travels, huh? Yeah, because I want to tease. Okay. I, I want people to buy this because it is worth every penny and then some. From IDW, it is the first collection of their Duck Avenger book. Mm-hmm. This is the new adventures of the Duck Avenger. Uh, you get three issues, and it is not a small trade. Each issue of Duck Avenger is 72 pages. Okay. Yes. So, you don't get an origin story here. This is Donald is already the Duck Avenger. Um, Scrooge, being the entrepreneur that he is, and the opportunist that he is, buys a building from the uh, supposedly late 
Emmett Ducklair. Um, this guy was an inventor, and like Tony Stark, he realized that his inventions were being used for um, converted into weapons, and he just threw in the towel. He just disappeared. Could be dead. Could be on walkabout. Um, nobody knows. So he sold all his worldly goods, one of which was the Ducklair Tower. And so Scrooge bought it. It's a massive structure, 150 floors. And uh, Scrooge, being the, the miser that he is, uh, makes Donald the caretaker of the building because he didn't have to pay him. Uh, so Donald's taking a look at the place and he says, wait a minute. Uncle Scrooge said this building has 150 floors. I count 151. So as the Duck Avenger, um, Donald examines the top floor and he know he notices something's not right. The the glass around the place is one way. He can't see in. He's he's trying to get in the top floor. It's impenetrable. Can't get in. Starts to rain. So Donald uh, seeks refuge within the mouth of one of the gargoyles uh, adorning the size uh, the side of the building the mouth closes and donald is brought into the secret floor the secret floor is presided over by an art- artificial intelligence called one and that's donald's mentor and all of the inventions and high-tech gadgetry that emmett ducklair uh, inter- injected into his building is now at Donald's disposal. This is a great, great storyline. Um, the main antagonist uh, is a race of spacefaring ducks called the Evronians. And what they do is they uh, strip worlds of their resources and the resources being emotions. These guys are emotion vampires. Uh, and they come to Earth and are stymied by Donald as the Duck Avenger. It's um, If you haven't read Duck Avenger, it's part Superman, part Batman. In um, the sense that Duck Avenger is obviously a Batman analog. But there's a, a Superman component to this too where there's a um, a TV station called Channel Double Zero, and you get the whole um, interplay with Donald and the the characters of the the TV station. There's a uh, a character called Angus Fangus. He's a mm-hmm. Kiwi. He's an Aussie Kiwi that hates the Duck Avenger. So, like J. Jonah Jameson with Spider Man. Angus is always trying to strip Duck Avenger of his glory by writing, you know, negative pieces against him. Um, there's a woman who works at Channel Double Zero called Lila Lee, who is much more than she seems. I'm not going to spoil it. There's a time mm-hmm. a time traveling villain who tries to strip um, Duckburg of certain things. It's just so much fun. It's amazing how this plays to everything we love about superhero comics, and it's Donald Duck. It's I can not slather this book with enough praise. It was all fun. 
and it's three issues, 72 pages a piece, do the math. There's in, there's humor in it with the, uh, artificial intelligence, the, the supporting cast like we have come to love in Superman and Spider-Man. They're all fully realized characters. They're all just vibrant. Um, uh, the cast just plays in very well with Donald. It's it's just an amazing book. Duck Avenger, New Adventures, Volume One, twenty four ninety nine cover price. But don't balk. Be, I mean, that's pretty standard for a a trade of this size. Just go out and buy it. It's sci fi. It's superheroes. It's funny animals, and the cartooning is just just amazing. Um, the principles are written by Alessandro Sisti and Ezio Sisto. They do all three issues. The art by Alberto Lavoradori, Claudio Claudio Chivaron. I think it's Chivaron and um, Stefano Intindi. It's just amazing stuff. I can't love it more. I want other you people. You love the ducks so much. I do, I do. And like it's I said, incredible. like I said last time, the stuff that IDW is bringing to the table now has not been reprinted in the States ever. 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 This is the first time we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of this stuff. I, I'll be honest. I have digital files of the original Italian versions of this stuff, but I can't read them. Now I can. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all good. All good. It's all good. Duck Avenger, go get it. Do it. It's all good. Oh man. Um in your travels I am going to suggest um against my better judgment because of one of the characters. I am I read issues two and three of Super Sons. Nice. And the Jimenez art is still killing it. My man slays. Uh, the third issue brings you up to speed as far as why that family was introduced in the first couple pages of the first two issues. Um, and it, it all makes sense. It all goes back to that whole Amazo virus from, uh, a year or so ago from the Justice League. Uh, probably two years now. So that's all fine. We're, we're, we find out more about that family. Um, but I think I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed John a lot in, in the third issue mostly. Uh, Damien still has, uh, some major issues. Um, the surprise <laughs> of no one. Um, gotta let that go, dude. Dude, I, not, not if it's happening in every freaking, I mean, it's, it's hilarious in that, like, they're just gonna, it, they're gonna sit here and, right, and you scream about, who's, who's, I, it's just, I, I want, I want to like the character for Vince. Like, Vince, Vince loves his kid, like, maybe this, but it's, it's just, it's not happening, it's, it's that there's, whole, I, I, but what? there's, there's nothing about Damien that isn't Batman. When 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 Bruce and Clark get together in their alter egos, you can't tell me that Bruce is not the Damien. 
he he he's an antagonist. He's he's pessimistic. He's mm-hmm. not he's not as antagonistic as Damien. Damien just goes a little bit too far sometimes. But it's the same mechanic with Bruce and Clark that it is with Jonathan and and Damien. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing. Yes, that, that that relationship is the same, but it's it's how it's how it's presented. It's 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 the fact that we're talking about grown ass men who should know who should and, know and, better and, and who sh- and 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 who do so that they have the experience. They uh, Clark knows this is just this is Bruce being Bruce. I'm going to let him act this way, and you know. Bruce just do Bruce with you know John doesn't have his dad's life experiences yet he hasn't lived those years so he's not as as forgiving he's not as uh he's not aware that if you just give somebody some space or if you just let them act out the way they want to then but so when John reacts and and engages Damien it just makes Damien go into it that much further and that that much harder. So it's the fact that John doesn't know what his father knows yet is that that's just, that's just life. I mean, in in that case, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty much true in, in how kids behave around one another. Uh, but that doesn't make it any easier for me to, Except Damien, because he 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 is entitled, and and it's just like there's oh, no, very much. you know, and, I mean, you, you it, it's fine when it's you know Benedict Cumberbatch is as Sherlock, and and they're just, but it's because you just you can kind of expect it based on someone's age and and what else they've done in their life. Damien Damien's what like fourteen, fifteen. And and he's you know so for 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 someone that age to act like this it's and he has killed right yeah you know and I mean it's like so so his he'll he'll diss John it's like you know what what, what part of Teen Titans don't you get you're not even thirteen yet you know we're not we're not going to let you into the group and then you know he's going to try to may mug him but then. John's like, dude, I'm taller than you. You know, and it's just like, it's just so, so, so you get those kid moments where that's, that's funny. That, that, that breaks some of the tension and yeah. I get a kick out of that. But then, then Damien just goes into full, you know, Damien dick mode again. And then it's just like, oh, fuck. So I, but, but the, Jonathan is rehabilitating Damien to his, in a sense. He, he, he I think, yes, I he think needs, the, he needs that. I absolutely agree that, that if, if anything that's funny is that, you know, the kid who's half alien is, Maybe going to make Damien a little bit more human. Exactly. Uh, and, and Damien will hopefully toughen John up a bit and, and make him not so, so gullible or, um, uh, accepting and, and maybe make him a little bit more suspicious and, and be wary of, of people and things. And not, not everything, not everything can be resolved by, you know, you opening your arms and wanting to hug everything. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it's a great relationship, and and the art is what has me looking forward to each and every issue. I, I, I love the way this looks. Yeah, co-sign, my man, co-sign. It's, it's a super sense. The logo sucks. 
てね。出たいや、いや、ロンタン。It's milk t o e Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, yeah, the font, the font is not attractive at all. I mean, and the logo was just the old Superman Batman logo from years ago, so. Yeah, what is the logic in making this, the S at the end of Suns larger? It doesn't make sense. Only to, to balance the, the initial S. Yeah, I get it, but it's just, it's dumb. It's not, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a, uh, it doesn't pop. It, no. It's not, it's not, it doesn't befit the book. No, it doesn't. But it, I mean, that's a nit, whatever. Just bugs me. We're just, we're, we're just full of nits tonight. Y'all are some nitty nitty beats. Just, just <laughs> super nitty. Uh-huh. In your travels. In your travels. Oh yeah. I'm gonna regale you with something that I own in four different formats. Wow. Yes. I've got all the digital issues. Ronan. Can I finish? <laughs> my, my business. So I talk over you and you're doing your whole little soliloquy. Oh, my, my bad. Woo. I own all the digital issues. Salty. I own all the print single issues. I own all the trade paperbacks. And I own both hard covers. I am speaking about the masterpiece that is East of West by Mr. Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragata. With letters by Russ Wooten and colors that are often overlooked, but shouldn't be, particularly in a book like this, by Mr. Frank Martin. We've talked about the book a lot. Uh, admittedly, it has been a while.、Uh, I myself had fallen a bit behind,、uh, but the end of year two, which is also the sixth arc,、uh, co- happened last month in March with issue number 32. And it simultaneously came、uh, with it,、uh, the, the second East of West,、uh, hardcover, which chronicles each year of the, of the story. And it was fan-freaking-tastic. And year three starts next month, I believe, issue 33 hits. But this is the story of the coming of the apocalypse.、Uh, we've been following a lot of different parties as they, Uh, it's one giant, and it, what is typical of a Hickman story, it's, it's a giant chess game.、Uh, it is a, an earth where there are a number of sovereign nations,、uh, all vying for control. There's the Union,、uh, the Confederacy, there's a, a nation,、uh, called the Kingdom, which is essentially what used to be Africa. There's the,、uh, Endless Nation, which is the old, which is Native Americans who happen to be super technologically advanced in the same way that, say, Wakanda would be in the Marvel Universe. There's the Republic of Texas. And then there's the People's Republic of Mao, which would be, of course, China and most of Asia. Uh, and, uh, but it is a world of, of magic and, and, and religious fervor. There is, um, three of the four horsemen of the apocalypse who are ushered in to, to start the apocalypse. Are reborn as 10 year olds, but their, their, their compatriot death is not with them. And it turns out because the last iteration of the four horsemen, where they all die,、uh, death lives. And so we, the story involves,、uh, death and his compatriots, Wolf and Crow. It involves all of the sovereign leaders and their political machinations against one another. It involves, um, 
probably most interestingly in the grander scheme of things as the story plays on, Babylon, and Babylon is the son of death and uh, an, uh, a human woman named Zhao Lin, who's the leader of the PRA of Mao. Uh, he's been raised in captivity uh, since infancy to essentially be trained to be the the agent for the coming of the apocalypse, the beast, if you will. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other interesting characters uh, that uh, all play roles either for or against this coming of the apocalypse. And we get very far down the road to things coming to a head in the last arc or two. Uh, people are united, uh, or I should say reunited. Uh, lines are drawn. We, we start getting much more clarity as to who's in and who's out on both sides, where the real alliances are versus the the, the uh, pretend alliances. And you can sense that uh, the third act that's looming is going to be insane because all of these people are starting to see the forest for the trees. Um, Nick's art is just astounding in this book. Uh, it's a, a visual aesthetic that doesn't exist in any other book that's on the stands at this point. I do think Nick's style is 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 unique. I don't know any other artist that's on a at least a big book that uh, I think looks like his work. Uh, I'm I'm bitter on a personal level that it's done digitally, but uh, that's my own issue to deal with. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a tremendous tremendous series. Uh, we have, as I said, we've praised it before, but it had been a while, and and I, I I can't recommend this enough. And as I said, I own four different versions of it. It's very easy to find the version that suits you. Um, all things being equal, I would just keep the hardcovers and and use those because this is a story. Because there are a lot of characters and a lot of back and forth machinations of backstabbing and positioning that it does read better in 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 multiple in chunks. I think reading it in, in six or 12 issue arcs is the best way to do it. So that would be my recommendation. If you haven't smartened up yet and started to read it, I would do so in big chunks, but uh, I'm, I'm politely not going to point out that my co-hosts are woefully behind on this book and just yes, uh, highly recommend that they, they re- remedy that with the quickness. Will do. Good. Yes. I love the, you so much. The hardcover. I know. I'm going to get yelled at again. I'm trying to back mm-hmm. off. Yelled at? Yeah, I got yelled at. You get all salty on me. Because you're all stepping salty. on my dick. I'm not stepping mm, on you. I'm not stepping <laughs> But um, the hardcovers are 12 issues? 16 issues. Ooh. And there's it's two of them? Better. There are two of them. Well, I'm going to. There's been 32 issues. I'm going to just scoop them up. You need to scoop them up. All right, so that will be my assignment for next week is to get nice. current on East of West. But I have one for you. Now, I took you, because okay. because I love you, you're my boo, uh-huh. I took you at your word about Monsters <laughs> Unleashed, and you were right. absolutely Bring right. It. For an, And Bring this it. is only one issue, so it's not going to be painful oh, okay. for you. Okay. I, for next week, I want you to read Batman the Shadow, number one. Oh, Riley Rossmo, of course. Right, exactly. That's the grease that I want to By the way, Riley Rossmo's art from that issue goes on sale tomorrow at noon through Felix. Have you seen it? Of course I've seen it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please read this for next week. It's only one issue. And we could talk. I, I will. I, I will. I, you know, I, I find the shadow annoying, but I will. I don't know. It. After you read this, you're going to be like, I see the light. The shadow is amazing. Be like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. I will. I, I'm going to reserve judgment until I read it, but I hear you. 
I think that's the problem. I, I, I don't think you've ever encountered the shadow illustrated by someone. Well, I shouldn't say that because you, you read the Matt Wagner thing. Mm-hmm. And he is certainly capable, so scratch that. I just don't think it's capable to it's possible to draw Shadow Cool because he's corny looking as a character. He's not. Giant goofy schnoz. <laughs> no, he's, he's not. Scarf around his face. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's just not. He's silly. <laughs> well listen, I will read this issue. I will, I look forward to it. Okay. That that's our homework for next week. All right. Dap and I have a much heavier load than yourself, but hey. You you were smart enough to stay current. I mean, <laughs> the rest, so it's on right. us. That's on us. It is. All right, everybody. Hey, once again, thank you for being here. We had such a good time with you. If you enjoyed any of this thing, please leave us a review on the iTunes or uh, wherever else you you pick this up. And um, remember, come back next week because David gets all weepy when you're not here. Say good night. David. Ooh. Good night. David. That was a Broadway version of it. You did phenomenal. Jazz hands and everything. I had my hands going. Yeah, I did too. Can you say? Yeah. No, you can't say him because we don't do the oh. video thing. Maybe we should start doing video. Mm. Right. Seriously. Right? I don't know. <laughs> say again, say bye-bye. Uh, total rule. We love you so much. Come back. Buddy. Please, please come back. Yeah, for David. Uh, if if for nothing you. else, just come yeah, back for yeah. David. Just making no love from me. Just always been hell. Always has been. And Kyle. And Guy. <laughs> One man entered. (laughs) If if it was one of those cases of all the lanterns enter a room, which one would I save? I would. Uh, I would have to save Guy. Yeah, you really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You would. You so crying? Just because Hal's so stiff. So he'd be easier to pick up and walk out with. Oh, guy's fun. Mm. Isn't is he? he, though? I think he is. I think he's a heck of a lot of fun. He's fun. He doesn't give a shit about the rules, but he's fun. Screw the, screw the rules. Screw the rules. When the world's ending, screw the rules. That's right. Rules suck. <laughs> Bye. Mm. I, I was trying to get David all hopped up and he didn't take the bait. Because oh, you, you said guy. How am I going to get mad about guy? It was one punch, dude. Oh boy, here we go. Oh boy. <laughs> it is. It is. One punch. When it rains, it pours a nail and casket doors down. Presser, they'll test you. You coon it, we grind, they ruin. Scream till you blue in the face. Cats can't keep pace. Jawad, keep faith. Oh my god, for goodness sakes. Show got taste and know the breaks. Replace fakes. Enjoy the taste of radioactive waste. We must organize, rise lesser, and fight pressure.